Welcome to E20, your unofficial EastEnders podcast. We give you weekly roundups of Walford life. I'm the engagement ring Stuart Bort and rainy through across Walford East. Emma. And like Suki, I'm sick and I'm proud of it. Not sick with Corona. I'm sick of only having two episodes per week. <laughs> Connor. So what we got coming up this week, Emma? Well, we go back in time. And we are going to be reviewing the week Lola slept with Peter. How dare she? We were rooting for you! We were were all rooting rooting for you! you. (laughs) (laughs) And then next week we will be reviewing the two weeks of two episodes that were meant to obviously be a week. But with all this that's going on, it, it was two. And we will then be up to date. Yay! And just a reminder, Connor is on Skype. Yeah, hello. (laughs) and will be for the foreseeable future (laughs) but first let's kick it off with the jingle you ain't my mother yes i am get out of my pub you need a slapping den you bitch you cow hello princess frank Please in the fridge. Sausage surprise. Hope, Hope you, you enjoyed, enjoyed the fireworks. fireworks. Good, Good night. night. So, what you been up to? <laughs> just gonna go straight to the point, aren't we? We're just gonna, <laughs> gonna just take that elephant and yep. just shine a light on it. Yes, clearly because of Corona, I have been up to nothing. Same. Um, yeah. Just pre-order Disney Plus. I hope everyone else is doing so. So I've got lots of stuff to watch because we yeah. could be in here for a long time. And we don't have EastEnders. We I only know. have it two nights a week. Monday and Tuesday and then. What, well, what am I going to do Thursday and Friday? Emma. It's gone I too far. Like, I feel like Suki. I feel like lying about a terminal illness so that I can get EastEnders to listen to me and come back. I just want them back. back. I just want them back. Want you back. I want, want you back. back. Want you, want back, you back, back for good. For good. <laughs> I just, whatever I said. <laughs> I didn't mean it. <laughs> Fridays and Thursdays are just not the same. What do I watch at that time? I it's sit down like... and I'm like, oh, he's stand us. Oh, nope, nope. <laughs> it's so depressing. Like, it's so depressing. Oh, but I get it. I get that one. Yeah. I've had to And I, and I think it's good day. because at least now we know that we've got them for longer because by yeah. doing it two days a week at least we've got more weeks of it yes and at least all of our actors and oh, our favorite safe. Car- are all safe they're going to be all safe so that's the main thing isn't yeah. it yeah and you know i hope everyone else is staying safe i hope all of our listeners and our pals out there yeah are hope all you all safe. hope you all staying safe and if you're sick of singing happy birthday while you wash your hands don't worry because later we have a little new hand washing song for you that's eastenders related <laughs> It's a bit weird singing happy birthday when it's not your birthday. Oh, yeah, it's so strange. So str- Can you imagine being in a public toilet? <laughs> Just in Costa, like, guys next happy to you. Happy birthday <laughs> to you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. You'd be like, Jesus. I love the fact we're actually washing our hands. We're doing <laughs> yeah. We do all the actions. Listen, they know what we're like, Emma. They know we're very physical and very method when we do our, our podcast. I'm sure they wouldn't expect anything else. Listen out for that later. But first, here's the roundup of, well, a couple of weeks ago. So how does everyone like their breakfast? I like to have cereal and an orange juice. 
How about you, Connor? Mm. Well, I like to start my day quite simple. I like a nice coffee, some cereal maybe, and of course, a nice frank conversation about abortions. Well, that's exactly what Lola can provide for you. (laughs) Oh my God, that episode opening where she's just like, Jay, you know Thursday I've made my appointment and he's just eating his food. And then all of a sudden she just goes, for my abortion? Who talks about abortions over breakfast? It's way he didn't actually know what was going on. He had just started his cereal. He's just like made himself a cup of... You know when you're you're talking to someone and they feel like they've already told you a lot of information, but actually they haven't. And they just go, well, you know. And you're like, I don't know. It felt like that. It was like, Jay didn't know. (laughs) No, no, he didn't. I feel like this is what we were talking about last week. Uh, Well, not last week, but the week before our bonus, when um, we said that Jay might have just been hearing some of what Lola was saying to him. Yeah. But not the whole conversation. We obviously know that Lola doesn't want this baby, and that's well within her right. They're not settled. They Mm -hmm. don't have a house. They're not really married. So it makes sense that she probably would be a little bit like, maybe we shouldn't have this baby. Yeah, because if you want a baby, you want it to be in the right environment for you. So it makes sense. However, if... Your partner isn't understanding what you're saying. Maybe you should sit down with them. And have a chat. And keep telling them about this and conveying your feelings. Because what we saw was Lola did one conversation and then basically expected Jay to understand entirely where she was coming from. Instead, Jay went the opposite direction, got a wedding ring, started planning a proposal. Yeah, I would have liked to see them have a proper chat about this. It felt like it was just... (laughs) This one chat, Jay wasn't actually <laughs> listening to the full extent that I originally thought he was. Yeah. <laughs> and Lola was very set in that, yes, he, he's heard all of that. Right, I'm going to go with this. I feel like they might have they might have benefited <laughs> from a couple of discussions. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think this is quite a serious conversation to have with someone. So maybe yeah. sit down a few times. Like, just until they understand where you're coming from. Don't just be like, right, so this is what we're doing. Because obviously we're not settled. Because then Jay said, oh, we're not settled. <laughs> so what I'll do we'll is settled. I'll propose to her. <laughs> All I could say, though, is that I absolutely loved his proposal plans. Because it brought some of the greatest scenes with him and Lexi. Who was like, off school again. Oh, yeah, off school. <laughs> well, What's technically, first... She was going to school, but him and her were having like a practice because she had saw the engagement ring and then they were having a little practice as to what he was going to say. Yeah. And that was really <laughs> nice. And then there was a comment about her going to be late. And I was like, goodness sake, Lexi, you finally go back to school and you're already late. <laughs> then they decide to bring her home at break time or dinner time so she could be there for the proposal. And then later on, that Lola's talking to her and she's like, would you just like me to ring the school and say you're sick so you don't have to go back in? <laughs> I can see now why Lola thinks that they're probably not responsible enough for another <laughs> child. <laughs> really? How does she not have a fine? Oh, uh-huh. It's, I just find that Come unbelievable. On. It's unbelievable. She's off too Women much. Women have gone to jail because they've not sent their kids to school. How is Lola not ended up there? I love the bit later in the week where... Lexi asks for the day off and Lola's like, you don't just get one because you ask. Um, <laughs> yeah. Really? She only gets one if, if Lola decides. <laughs> she's gonna, you know, she feels like keeping her off. I feel like you're always keeping her off and if she asks, she gets. <laughs> Whilst all this was going on, 
She's planned this lovely, lovely proposal. Lola's sneaking around a bit, isn't she? Sneaking around yeah. a bit. She goes and sees Peter at the Vic, where she has a drink. Yeah, and she's pregnant. At this point, she's... yeah. It's so weird. I thought, like, looking at it, I was like, I do understand that you're getting an abortion, but I, I think drowning yourself in alcohol yeah, that's is, just it, isn't nice. Like, that's not a nice way of losing a child. No. Like, is it? So I was a bit like, oh, Lola, that's that's bad. That's something you shouldn't be doing. But then, of course, that doesn't stop Peter from coming on to her. <laughs> no, he finds that very attractive, apparently. <laughs> so she sees Peter... Um, originally at the Vic. I've not liked Peter in these scenes. No. I've always been a big Peter fan. Especially um, when he was with Lauren. Oh, love that. Love that. And I loved all like old, old Peter, you know, like when they were kids and stuff. Yeah. I thought like it was really funny and stuff and had some great storylines. Now he's coming but across just pervy. He's yeah, like lechy. <laughs> yeah. He's kind of like it's so weird. I kinda of get this image of him like in my head of nice wholesome you know stall he, he ran the stall remember that he worked in the chippy you know all these yeah. little things he was very nice and down to earth salt of the earth not anymore he's like he's chatting up lola when he knows she's with someone which he's never done before like i'm not being funny did did he ever like actively seek out people to cheat with i don't remember <laughs> yeah, ever doing that <laughs> i don't even remember him actually ever Fancy and Lola, I felt like their relationship first time around was odd. And like then yes. he obviously left her for Lauren because she wasn't Lauren. So now coming back and actively pursuing her just seems odd to me. Especially Stop when trying to make Peter and Lola happen. It's, it's not never gonna, gonna happen. happen. It's like fetch. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so weird. I never ever understood them as a pair in any way. No, like, the, the first two time around compatible. I found it really odd. It's just odd. I mean, this Peter is a completely different Peter. I have to be honest. Well, it is literally different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah, but like the, the whole characterization of him seems completely different. It's like I said, like Peter was more like family orientated, business orientated, you know, very much a, a bit like a mini Ian Beale, but nice. Like that's kind of what he was. This one's not like that. It's like this Martin at Christmas all over again. Yeah. <laughs> so Jay sees them at this PT session where e. all he says to Habiba because he's too busy chatting up Lola is run around the block or whatever it was. <laughs> Some great exercise there. Wow. I, I hope she's uh, not paid a lot of money for this. She could do that <laughs> herself. <laughs> hope he doesn't pay it by the hour. <laughs> And Jay gets a bit suspicious. Yes. And he sees, a, sees them across the square, doesn't he? And he's got all his roses. The poor thing. He's got all his roses in his hands. And then he looks across and sees them. And he's like, give some proud devil glares. Yet still proposal. Yeah. Yeah, that's odd. Why does he bother with Lola? I'm here. I'm right here. <laughs> give me the roses any day. I love a rose. But well, probably don't because I've got hay fever. But you know what I mean. I'll take them anyway. Say, I'll even endanger my health. <laughs> Just for you, Jay. Just for Just you. Just for you. So, yes, he basically sets up this beautiful, like, dinner, like, slash lunch. Um, Lola was expecting, like, tuna sandwich. But then comes in and finds her favourite songs playing. He's got roses. He's got, like, a bottle of champagne. Oh, and, and it's non-alcoholic, so that Lexi could have a glass as well. 
and it's beautiful. And then he proposes. And she just breaks his heart. That's all that could be said. I have no idea why she did that. Yeah. And right in front of Lexi. It was just awkward. Oh, yeah, that was so weird. You should tell the child to, like, maybe, <laughs> maybe you should just say, Jay, we're going to talk about this later because my child's here. Like, no, instead she basically just has it out with him right in front of Lexi. And then she goes, Lexi, go upstairs, even though Lexi's just saw the whole heartbreak part. Yeah, it's so She might sad. as well just stay for the argument. <laughs> I mean, the argument was everything because Jay says it himself when he turns around and says... Are you waiting for something better to come along? And it's like, oh, that's a sting. That's a sting. I mean, Lola then counters with, well, there's nothing better than you, Jay. But I'm a bit like, well, well you've just turned why him down. Why have you been stalking Peter then? Yeah, you've turned him down and you're obsessed with Peter. Exactly. Like, it, the screaming match in itself, I just felt like it was so devastating. I just thought it was so, so devastating for Jay because, bless him, he's, like, worked so hard. He's a good bloke. He, oh, yeah, obviously, he doesn't have a house or anything to offer up, but, like, he's generally, like, a stable person to be around. Like, you know, he's not going to run off and start doing some gangland shady business like Ben, and he's not going to, you know, throw a chair at our leg, Phil. Like, you know, he's very stable considering he's from Wolfhard. Like, but it's just so sad because basically it just ends with them saying they're over they both fought very different after the argument it's mm. a bit like ross rachel vibes lola thought they'd split up jay just thought it was an argument that they could probably solve soon and lola's just like totally gave up just like eh, right i'll go on move on to yeah. peter <laughs> oh i love her i love that like honestly have you ever seen anyone just move so quick <laughs> she's like just change my status on tinder like that it's like he was just, waiting for her as well. Just like, ah, oh, right, you split up. Cool. Can we just talk about Pia flipping being in every every corner of the, of the square <laughs> for Lola? Everywhere she turned, he was there. Everywhere, Everywhere you go, go, always take Peter with you. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. I, I nearly died when she was in the Albat. And then, like, all of a sudden, he just pops up. <laughs> Where did he do that? <laughs> Where did he bar work? Oh god! They never really referenced that he worked there, and then all of a sudden there he was was behind the bar. He's just there, and just there, right at the moment for Lola to come in and drown her sorrows. Why is he always around when Lola wants to to drink? Like it's so strange. It's so odd. Can we just talk about when they were like having a like? I don't even know what I call it. Drunk sort of flirting, sort of. Oh, when they were laughing over that terrible joke. P.T. Peter. Am I missing something? I, I don't get it, because he is a P.T. That's he's his joke. He's a personal apparently. trainer. I don't understand how that's a joke. It's lost on me, Lola. <laughs> it's lost on me. If anyone else gets the joke, tell me. Oh, yeah, I need to know. What does tell it stand why, why it for? Why, why Am is I missing... personal training hilarious? Yeah. Am I missing something? P.T. Peter? <laughs> well, it must have been funny, because uh, five minutes later, she was snogging his face off. Oh, yeah, she did like that joke. She did. See? If you can make a woman laugh, that's what they always used to say, didn't they? If you can make a woman laugh. <laughs> and he done just he obviously, that. He obviously knows how to do it. So they end up snogging each other in, like, a grimy dark alley. I have to say, right, that image was a bit haunting for me. <laughs> was like, I was a bit like, okay, pregnant woman, drunk, that's bad enough. Mm. Pregnant woman, drunk, and a guy 
trying his luck. Yeah. Creepy. Creepy. Creepy, 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 creepy. Like, creepy Leo vibes. That's what that was giving me. Creepy so Peter. Weird. Creepy. Creepy Peter. Creepy Peter. <laughs> I just don't get this characterization. <laughs> so yes, that, uh, that you know, wonderful kiss in the alleyway must have been magic because uh, she now takes him to bed. Yeah, next morning. Off he strolls. I love how he just toddles off as well. She only lost one earring. And um <laughs> what was he doing? <laughs> 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 so so why the teachers always used to tell you not to wear dangly earrings, just in case Peter you were having sex with him and he just rips it off. <laughs> 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 well, I knew a girl who slept with Peter Beale, and I tell you what, she lost an ear. She lost an ear because she had the dangly earring in. <laughs> I love the way she was sat at breakfast with one of them in, I was like Take them dangly earrings out, by the way. <laughs> yeah, like... who goes to bed with <laughs> the earrings in? <laughs> so we had, like, oh, sorry, I just, I was just dressed up as well, a penguin. Fair enough, the like little stud ones. Yeah, of course, because they're not like they're not going to catch on anything. No, not those big hoops. No, she wears huge hoops. So like, yeah, they definitely would get caught on your hair. I love how she couldn't have like just left something or anything upstairs. He had to go. You left this. Oh. <laughs> Do you want me to be the earring? <laughs> it was so creepy. This whole storyline's been so creepy for me. It's like giving us PTSD of like Leo and stuff. Like, honest. And also, it's creepy. Were Callum, Ben, and Lexi all in the house because they all came down for breakfast? How did they not yes. know? Yes. Come on, children. Come on, children. We're all going to have a very serious conversation here. When people love one another <laughs> and they, <laughs> they get together, they go into that bedroom, there's going to be some noise. Especially if that person who, if the people involved are drunk and also if one of them is a giant. Like, but remember when Louise was absolutely screaming in that house, uh, no one heard her. True, it's the insulated walls. See, Phil must have got that done deliberately. Yeah. Well, he's cheated a fair few times. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Just about Sharon Cordero. <laughs> <laughs> but it was so sad because then after that, like the two of them, Lola and Jay, were kind of just stuck on separate, separate islands, weren't just doing their own things and separate. And it was all sad. And I don't like it. I don't like when the little family breaks up. And then Denise. Oh, good old Denise. Good old Denise. We all know Denise loves the gossip. Loves the gossip. Well. Well, well, <laughs> well, Denise. Well, she got some good gossip. She got some good goss, didn't she? I love it. She just involves herself in everyone's drama. It's my <laughs> life. <laughs> it gives me life. Honestly, watching it. I was like, go on, Denise. Go on. Go on. I'm snapping, by the way. I'm snapping my fingers just in case you can't hear. Go on. Go on, love. Get involved in that drama and fix it. Go on. She's like a little fairy godmother, isn't it, War Denise? And it worked. Whatever magic she sprinkled onto them. It worked. Well, she told Jay, because after she spoke to Lola and got the whole lowdown on what happened, uh, she went and saw Jay and she was saying how Libby had been in a similar situation. Loved that. I was like, yeah, shout out to Libby. And she was saying how at the time she thought about herself more than she did about Libby. And then that made Jay think about everything that's gone on. And then he went off to 
Lola's abortion appointment. But again, she still hasn't told him about Peter. And this is Albert Square, and we know that secret affairs, they always come out in the end. And, well, some of them don't. <laughs> Buster and Kathy. <laughs> <laughs> never going to forget Kathy. Never. I'll never forget. <laughs> and then they had that whole chat about how she was like, oh, I thought we were finished. And he was like, no, I never did. Uh-oh. It orcs now. <laughs> maybe, maybe don't tell him about that night with Peter. Do you think if it does come out, which I feel like this one will. It will. It will. Do you think Jay could possibly go back to Ruby? I like that pairing. Oh, yes. I did like that pairing as well. Because if you think Lola done her best to tear them two apart because she wanted Jay. Mm. And now off she goes toddling off to Peter. It's so weird, isn't it? I have to say, where is Ruby? Where is she Ruby? She needs a storyline, EastEnders. I want her to become a gangster. Gangster, gangster Ruby with Jay's her, like, bit <laughs> on the side. <laughs> Jay's, Jay's at home, cooking her food. She's out murdering people. I She's living it. her best Johnny Allen lifestyle. Oh, wouldn't that be great? Let's petition for that. That's what we're going to do. We're going to get that sorted. Come on, EastEnders. Come on. Tell me lies, tell me sweet little lies. That's what Suki's doing. <laughs> and Jean is on to her. Oh, she is. I loved it. Her and Shirley. They were making these cakes for the charity event they were going to. And yep. Shirley was decorating pretty badly. And Jean went, they're called hundreds and thousands, Shirley, not ones and twos. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you've got to sprinkle a lot on. God, come on. And Shirley on. was really confused as to why um, it was like an Agatha Christie bake-off that Jean was going for. But Jean's like, no, what you've been saying, yeah. I Made think sense. she is lying and I need to find out and I'm going to push her to her limits. I love it. We've gone from like Detective Denise, Detective Flippin' Son. We're now on a Detective Jean. And she's doing well. She's doing better than any of them. She's she got to it quickly, Suki. yep. I'm going to employ Jean if I need a, de- a detective at any point. Oh, out of all of them. She she knows that stuff. She's good. She should open her own agency. Then she can hire <laughs> Denise. Hire Sonia. That'll give her some extra cash so she doesn't have to steal from Dot. <laughs> <laughs> Jean's plan involves going to this bake sale for all these like victims of cancer or like people who currently are dealing with it and people who have like survived it. I don't know that that's the best setting to do it in, but Jean thinks, put the pressure on Sugi. When she's there at the event, Jean even starts to doubt. She starts to doubt whether or not Sugi is telling the truth or whether she is wrong. Like, maybe Sugi does have cancer because Sugi is so, like, cold about this topic that she's just going around talking and like chilling and you know saying that people look great that they've been to the gym she can tell getting cake and she's like there's no way this woman can be lying how could you have that much front and lie and then shirley's like keep going keep going mm-hmm. and she's like, i'm not gonna stop i will get the story and then suki goes you don't want to hear my story shirley I do. <laughs> I think we all do. I think we all want to hear this story, Suki. And then Suki repeats 
everything that Jean's told her. It was horrific. It was like awful. Let's just, I have to say, she's evil and she's a great villain to watch, I oh, have yes. to say. Love how villainous she is. She's giving us like flashbacks to Jean and things. But that is one of the most sickest things mm. I've ever seen on EastEnders. To repeat the lines of someone who who had cancer and just, just survived it and then lost her partner to it. I mean, Suki. That's low. <laughs> that, that's like... That's like infernal law. Yeah. You're like you're like one of those people in the lowest part of hell. Like <laughs> horrendous. It's so low I don't even think hell wants her. That's true. Even <laughs> even Satan would be like, mm, <laughs> I would never have done that. <laughs> but she sneaks off. She doesn't want to face the consequences, does she? She runs off to the arms of her children who know nothing of her lies. But Jean's not gonna not gonna call her quits. And Shirley's not gonna let her. No. So they follow her to the Vic, where she sat with her family, protected, completely encircled by them, because it's all about family. Family. Well, Jean decides to tell a few truths, spill a little bit of the tea, and tells them all that Suki's been lying about cancer. I mean, Jean, I love you. Love it. I know. I was like, go on, Jean. Go on, go on. Go on, lass. Go on, you stick it to him. Mind you, that Vinny, he needs to sit down. He needs to sit down. Done with him. (laughs) Don't don't you ever threaten off uh, off flipping Jean. Never. Don't you threaten off Jean. That was too far. I was like, you sit down and pipe down. The spirit of Peggy Mitchell's going to be summoned against you. She's going to come back and haunt you. I did love it, though, because no he thought he could also take on Shirley. I was like, e, e love, that's not happening. <laughs> Shirley would clean his clock. <laughs> Shirley would mop the Vic with his face. Let's just look at Shirley and look at him. Shirley looks like she's done 12 years in strange ways. He looks like he's done maybe one year in a playground. <laughs> that, that's literally all it is. Like, Shirley like, would absolutely destroy him. She was like, do you want to twirl my fist? <laughs> yeah, I love that. Off he sits down. Uh, just, just quietly sits back down. <laughs> I love it. Obviously, like Suki makes a quick exit, still trying to tell her family, no, no, she's just crazy. She's just a crazy lady, and I feel sorry for her. That's why I've been friends with her. Um, but then when she's home, and they eventually go and say they go and tell Jags who didn't go to the pub. I don't know why he was sat doing nothing. <laughs> yeah, and he has a very like. He's got a lot of opinions about Jean for, like, having one scene with uh-huh. her. He called her an evil pixie, which, I mean, is quite a funny, like, insult. But, like, come on. You've met her once. And when he met her, she was really nice. Yeah, so she's an evil pixie. So, he, again, he can pipe down. Yeah, get sat down, Jack. Well, he was already sat down. He was already get sat, sat down. Get sat down even further. Get on that floor. <laughs> 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 so then Karat says, well, we're going to evict them. Because obviously they own the house. Mm-hmm. And that's when Suki finally s- steps up, I guess. Don't know what you mm. can really call it. Because she's done a lot of bad things. Yeah. But she won't see them evicted. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know whether to call it stepping up or just kind of facing the music. Facing you the know facts. She's kind of just stuck in a corner. Yeah. Just like, well, <laughs> I either make a load of innocent people homeless or I tell the truth. Yeah. Um, because I think she knew that regardless of what happened, 
she was always going to have to tell the truth eventually even if they kicked Jean out and what have you it would come back eventually so she was just left she was like I'm going to have to say it. She weirdly seemed very unbothered about having to tell the truth because they <laughs> they crawled back so quickly, like, we need you. I, just, I was I, like, I, eh? loved her, I loved her confession. It was probably one of the greatest Easter yeah. confessions of all time. It's like, where she's just well, like, I'm glad i done it. I did lie. And, and I, I'm glad. I'm proud. It's brought us together. You need yeah. me. I blame all. I blame all of you for what I've done. Eh? Yeah, look what she said. <laughs> All my children attacking me like a pack of street dogs. I loved it. It was so dramatic. It was great. Was like, like, honestly. Are you hearing yourself? <laughs> I just love her. I blame just you love her. for me <laughs> and what yeah. I've done. How All your dare fault. You. <laughs> How dare you blame me? All I did was lie about cancer. It was for this family. I do feel that Karat hasn't actually forgiven her because his face did seem like he's pretending that he needs her but actually he knows what she's like now and I think he might be plotting something I'm not entirely sure I don't know whether they all crawled back as well because she did mention that their dad's in prison which was interesting and is getting out soon oh new character I can't wait you know I love a new arrival well I don't know that Karat has forgiven her, but I, I also feel like maybe it's a bit of that thing where she is still his mom. You know, she could be the worst human being in the pla- on the planet, and to be fair, she's quite close to that. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, she's so... She's giving it a really good go. Even, even if she's the worst human being on the planet, she is still his mother. Like, I think that's where all of them are coming from. But Karat wasn't just going to let her, and neither was Ash, just going to let her basically just sit around and pretend like that didn't happen or hide away. So they toddle off to the Slater household. Loving Cat's reaction when she opens the door. <laughs> She's like... I'll boot you around yeah. the square. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. And basically, they offer her wine. Wow, what an apology. As she said. <laughs> yeah. I'll see. I love it. Suki's like reaction to Jean saying, like, you've just brought wine round. And she's just like, and I didn't hear a thank you. (laughs) (laughs) What universe does Suki live in? I'm quite sad. (laughs) I like them two as friends. I know. I'm devastated now. I know Suki obviously is, is evil, rotten to the core, but could they not just be friends? Hopefully in the future. Well, Jean's not taking her pills anymore, so maybe, maybe she'll go mad and just forget all about this. Well, yeah, so we realise that all of this, especially after having the whole argument with Suki, mm. Shirley sits down for her and she's like, you're one of the most sane people I know. And Jean decides at that point to stop taking her tablets, which it seemed like she was already, she'd already stopped anyway, but now she's threw them yeah. in the bin and got rid of them completely. And... I do feel like this might be the start of Stacey's arrival. I think it might be. Which is very exciting. <laughs> I would have really liked to have seen this as Stacey's going away story for her exit, like the temporary one she's been on. Um, yep. Because I think that would have been really good for her. That would have been a good and idea, actually. We wouldn't have had Doc Martin. Oh, Bonuses. That, that would have been such a bonus. <laughs> Could you imagine? Whole, whole year without Doc Martin. Oh. Everything. Everything that would have been. Instead, Jean gets the storyline. Stacey got some weird on-the-run storyline. 
and we got Doc Martin. Well, when Suki asked Jean about her children and like saying that, well, mine are with me, where are yours? Well, yes. Suki, I'll just give you a little roundup. So, well, Sean, the, the guy who plays him, he's like quite big now. So he's in America a lot. Living his best life. Living his best life. And then Stacey, well, this is the whole thing with Doc Martin. She had to go on maternity leave, so she had to hit Phil on the head. Phil doesn't really care anymore, but mm. they all went on the run anyway. So we're just waiting for her to come back. Yeah. Yeah. I love that Martin's never called her back. In all this time, he's never just phoned her. They're married, but never phoned her. Fuming. Duh. Duh. I'm a living in a box. I'm a living in a cardboard box. Well, Gray's living in a box. Or at least his life's in a box. Because he's been sacked. He's been sacked for hiring Leo, even though technically the boss above him approved it and let Leo work with him. (laughs) No, please. This whole storyline is so weird. (laughs) She is like single-handedly blaming him. You cannot do that. He could take you to a tribunal. You technically had the final say. Yes, that's unfair dismissal. You can't dismiss someone because you want to blame someone for something. You did it. You hired Leo, not Gray. Gray suggested him. You hired him. So Chantel brings a box full of his stuff in with her arm in a sling, so I don't really think she should have been carrying it. Yeah, it's hard to do that. She did finally get that off, though. Woo! True, true. I feel like it's been on for hundreds of years. And no one's asked, really. No. Like, we've had a few had a few questions at the beginning. How's your arm? How did that happen? And then, like, you know, all this time, no one's bothered to ask her anything else. She asks, Grace sacked. Naturally, he does what all people who have been fired do. Just go and drink heavily. Apparently, that's Dandest. what they all do in the square. Have a breakdown in the toilets. Oh, love that. Through a, to- a toilet bin. God knows what was in there, by the way. Ugh. Oh, I dread to think. Hope he washed his hands. I hope he did. I hope he washed his hands and sang happy birthday. Or, <laughs> if he doesn't know that, he could always just sing our Yeah, our exactly, exactly. Our little song. So also, he cancels on Whitney and he leaves a message for her. Rather than go and see her, he's just like, yeah. I'm not representing you anymore. Polite. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah, you could have just went and seen her. She's not having a great time. Yeah. But I mean, it is Grey. And Grey doesn't really care about anyone other than himself. So Yeah, True. I mean, that's proven because even though he lied to Chantel and said that he was going to go see Wit and, you know, say, look, sorry, I've, I've been sacked, essentially. I can't represent you. He decided he was just going to drink heavily, throw a bin in the toilet and then get very angry with Chantel later that night. Oh, that was awful, wasn't it? Oh, horrendous. He's grabbing her throat. I felt, I felt like oh, I couldn't breathe. I like was like seriously thinking, oh, this is going to be the moment, this is going to be... But then she yeah. just totally turned around, didn't she? Because she yeah. was just like, no, no, you can do this. You can represent Whitney. You you know, you don't need the firm. And he just slowly came back down. And I was like, thank God, thank God. <sighs> thank God. Like, yeah. I was like, my heart pounding out of my chest for Chantel. So whilst Gray's like trying to get his life sorted, Chantel's also a bit like, well, we need Bill's paying, so I'm going to have to go back to work. And we all know, we all know no one works in that salon. No one. Every time, every time we go back to that, they're either talking or doing, like, nothing. But, I'm still waiting to see it. But Denise says her and Lola have it covered, so Chantel can just stick with her part-time. There's no problem with that. I love that, though, because it's basically like saying, Chantel, there's no work. But I'm so I'm confused. Uh, so Denise doesn't cut hair. Yes. Lola, Lola's never there. She's busy chasing Peter. Lola's a 
receptionist. And Cherie, where is she? She wasn't mentioned. But we yeah. did see her later in the week giving Patty a massage. <laughs> yeah, giving him a head massage. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all the offer is head massages and a, a late conversation. Yeah, does she just come in when she needs to do those? <laughs> I'm so confused as to that. when she comes in. Maybe what Denise meant was, actually, we never work here. So, actually, me and Lola do have it down because all we do is just sit and talk. And, and I'm, I'm not really keen on talking to you, Chantel. Maybe that's what Denise meant. <laughs> in a polite way. Trying to put it in a polite way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Being very British about it. Trying to, like, come up with new reasons of why Chantel can't be there. Why does she not <laughs> just be honest and say, actually, as you know, we're never, ever busy uh, yeah, <laughs> so it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. So naturally, Chantel's feeling a bit down, a bit, you know, rubbish. So she goes to the cafe. Everyone gets cheered up by a, a cup of tea in the cafe or something, don't they? They all go there with their problems. So Karat comes in, doesn't he? He does, and there's a little bit of I say flirting on his part. Maybe, maybe. I I'm like them. This. I'm for them. Yeah, totally ready to ship them. Totally. totally right. I'm um, like, leave Grey now, go to Karat. This yeah. is what you need. Some stable employment. I mean, it might be slightly shady. <laughs> oh, actually, I've got a few questions about that, right? Because I was yeah. offered a, a job at this call centre that he apparently works yeah. at. And whenever we go to the Panazard's house, they've got mm. that little area in their living room slash kitchen where they have all their computers that says, what is it, KJP? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pest control or something. So, is that where she's answering is that calls? The call <laughs> is that the call center? Is she just around their house answering their phones? If it's not, I'm going to be so depressed now. Like, <laughs> that has to be the storyline. I never even thought about that. But you are right. They do have that little section. Yeah. And all the computers do have their like little logo on. <laughs> you are so on it. I bet you that's where she's working. I would like it to be that one. <laughs> she's mm. actually just sat in the house. That would be everything. That would be everything. Imagine, but Jags really annoys her. Oh, well, Jags constantly. Was, Jags is going to definitely try, but try it on. I'm thinking. He? Do you remember that time when Jags was flirting with her in the queue, and he had bought loads and loads of toilet rolls, and then he came round with them. They're handy yeah. now. I know. I tell you what. No one's he laughing. Was on the, he was thinking ahead the there, wasn't he? He was already bug buying. No one's laughing now. No one is there. Go to Jags. He was ready. He was ready for this. He knew. He's the one who did this. <laughs> it's actually like a biological like warfare unleashed on everyone. Because <laughs> we all used to laugh at the fact that Jags was kind of the, the runt of the litter. <laughs> but I'll show you. He has a virus. <laughs> no one's laughing at how many toilet rolls I have now. <laughs> I love it. So she does take rat up on his offer really doesn't she, she first she rejects first she rejects she plays it hard plays a bit hard to get i like after that she takes her latte and she's like and um, no the answer's gonna be no no Karat. but she kind of warms to the idea doesn't she i mean none of this is going to go down well with gray who is still lying about having a job he's still pretending that he's going to work and representing all these different people when actually He's not. I do and love that he goes out dressed to pretend he's going to work on some yeah, days. Because the one day he was caught inside with his joggers on. 
Sonia and Tiff came round to be like, why are you not helping Whitney? And he was like, I'm on my way. And she was like, what, you jogging there? <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> Smart cash day. That's yeah. what it is, isn't it? <laughs> I loved it. Maybe he's getting personally trained by Peter. <gasps> Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe PT Pete. <laughs> I, I just love Hilarious. It. I, hilarious, that joke. Absolutely hilarious. Sight splitting. Imagine if we have actually just missed something really big and we're like, don't hilarious. I literally don't get the joke. No. Um, so, yes, he basically is just pretending to be work. Mitch goes all detective Mitch Disney. I am loving it. I love when the characters are like, going to get my sleuthing shades on, going <laughs> to hide around corners. I loved his disguise of sunglasses and... Do you not think Grey would remember what Vanya drove? Like, he would know it. He would also know that you followed him the entire way because he was was parked right behind him. I think, Emma, Mitch should stick to either brewing rum illegally or, or, you know, doing hair. Because I don't think detective work is really in his remit. No, it wasn't going well. And then, obviously, Chantelle said, you've got to stop asking about Grey because she's obviously worried and scared for what's going to happen. Scared what's going to happen to her. And he's like, yeah, I will, I will. So he decides to ring up the office and he finds out Grey's obviously not working there. And he obviously tells Grey that he knows, which is the worst thing he could have done. Can I just say how inappropriate is it that a workplace has just broke all of the data protection laws and just told someone that they don't work there? He asked specifically of a name. You should have just went, oh, sorry, I can't give you any of that information. When he rang up, he didn't say who he was. He just said, like, he needed to talk to Grey. And surely you would have went, oh, sorry, who is it? Yeah. Because you would know his client. Exactly. It's so weird. I just think that whole bit where they just gave gave his information was just weird. But remember, was... he's the bad guy because of Leo. Except yes. they don't do any normal practice at all. They are the worst. Like, I would definitely not get representation from there. I'm sorry. I mean, they hire Leo. They hire Grey. They give out people's information. I mean, imagine if someone just phoned up and was like, can I just hear about this certain case? Yes, certainly, love. What? Which one would you like? Like, come on. So, naturally, when Mitch does tell Grey that he knows, Grey is not happy. He thinks Great. Chantel's told him. And obviously she hasn't. She's completely innocent. And that was what was so horrific because she's going, I haven't told anyone. I've not I don't know what you're talking about. And he just loses his marbles. He's completely off off his like, you know, not gonna hit anymore, not gonna be aggressive anymore, completely throws it out the window. Goes horrendous. He's like brutish, horrible with her. When he left the house, I thought at this moment, that was a bit when you, you couldn't see her. I was like, oh, my God, he's killed her. Me too. Literally, I was, like, screaming at the TV going, don't, 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 don't. And then, yeah, like, same. I couldn't I, watch. I found it was it, horrendous. I found it really difficult to watch. I mean, I know exactly why they're doing it, and I think it's yes, it's great that they're highlighting this and can help people. But I was like, oh, my God, I can't watch. It's awful. I will. I mean... Which means they're could... doing a very good job of acting as well, to be she, she is. She is. And I have to say... Was you say was you where you said that about you know how you thought she died and I definitely felt that as well. I was like she's dead. She's got to be after that crazy tirade and then like 
him building all of this up inside of himself as well. But especially when Karen came to the door and <laughs> and he wasn't letting her, and I was like, oh my gosh, what what's happened? I mean, I think we could go down that route in the future. I think if they didn't, that would be a bit of a missed opportunity to highlight that element. Yeah, because they haven't done it yet. Because yeah. they haven't done that yet. But I have to say, that was the most harrowing, harrowing thing. And I did definitely think, but she's alive. She's all right. She's, she has miraculously survived whatever he's done to her. But the bruises mm. are horrific. And then he obviously goes to the pub because everyone's planned this whole thing. Yeah. And Sonia stands up and says how amazing he is for losing his job, but still fighting for Whitney. And mm-hmm. then he sits down with Mitch. And he's like, so I, I see Chantel told you then? And he's like, oh, no, she didn't tell us. I, I rang up. And you see on his face, like, oh. Yeah. Grey scum. <laughs> That's the best way to describe him. Scum. Exactly. Scum of the earth. Scum of the earth. So whilst Chantel obviously is having a horrific time, her friend Whitney isn't faring any better. I mean, we've seen Whitney really at her lowest, I think. This this last storyline that she's had has been the lowest we've ever seen her come. And where we left her last time in our podcast when we were talking about her, it was where she started smashing her hands against the door. We've now seen the aftermath of that harm because the doctor has to come and, like, patch her up. Gives us some advice, doesn't she, Emma? She doesn't follow with though, does she? No. Also, the police guy comes in the room and he also talks about it as well. Like, many women have done these hunger strikes before while they've been in custody and it's not worked. But Whitney says they're weak and she can't yeah. do it. But also, when he keeps bringing the food in, because it's always showing him bringing the food, they do the close-up on the food. Yeah. And every time I see the close-up, I think, Bobby, you little liar, you said it was good. Yeah, it does look That fine. doesn't look nice. I mean, what? I'm not being funny. I'm not trying to generalise. But, like, what do you expect? It's prepared by prisoners. <laughs> it's prepared by people who have either done petty crime or serious crime. So, you know, like, either they, their entire life experience has been shoplifting or they've murdered someone. So they're probably not the best chefs. Unless they're a poisoner. Unless they're a poisoner. If you get a poisoner... They probably do know how to prepare food. <laughs> bear that it. in mind, folks. <laughs> yeah, bear that in mind. <laughs> I mean, I do just love that Whit is just like, nah, I'm not going to eat a thing. I'm not going to eat a thing until people listen to us. I'm like, hmm, yeah, but they might not listen to your Whit, and then you might just die of starvation. Yeah, but you might get too weak as well. And, and not be able to speak. Not yet. You could render yourself catatonic through not eating. So she wouldn't even be able to convey her storyline and her story to anyone else. But also the guard comes in and he's talking about how the people who've done it, they've collapsed, they've had hallucinations and everything, which we later see with Whitney, which I think was good because he's made it clear that this is exactly what she will go through and now we're seeing her go through it. Isn't it nice that we're seeing a different element as well of prison life? Like, I was a bit like... Yeah, we've never explored this element, have yeah, we? Yeah, actually, we haven't. We've never really explored, like, hunger strikes and, like, the effects of hunger strikes on a human body. You know, not to be morbid, but it's it, it's like, it's it's some great 
coverage of that element. Yeah. We like we like new elements when it comes to EastEnders. We love the, we love new things. And like we love a new place. We love a new place. And prison's no different. We love a new prison. A new um, cell. A new cell. I love that. Um, I mean, that entire storyline was wet when she stopped eating and started spiraling. Everyone's telling her, no, you have to eat. Well, yeah, but so then... Grey comes in and Kat, because it's the only person she wants to see, Kat, they both tell her this is not a good idea. It's not going to be good for her if she keeps yeah. doing this. And she's like, no, I'm going to keep doing it. Because obviously now Grey's representing her again because he changes his mind all the time. Yeah, flits back and forth. Yeah. Likes so to play with women's lives. So she's like, firstly, well, you, you said you, you weren't representing me. And I'm, I'm going to keep doing this. I'm not going to take advice mm-hmm. from you. She even says to Grey about like not trusting men and stuff, doesn't she? That, uh, during this whole time, she's like, you have to just trust me with you just have to trust. She's like, I'm not trusting men ever again. Because every time I do, it mm. always ends up backfiring on me. And then she talked to Kat a bit about that whole night that they had together, you know, where Kat took her earrings off. All these little references back to, to Tony and to the trauma. And then, of course, later on, when her hunger is causing hallucinations, that is exactly where it takes her. Can I just say... Atomic Kitten has never sounded so haunting. I know. I, I never thought I would hear that song and be like, oh. I never thought I'd be quite scared when I was listening to it. Now so, I will. It's not something I ever thought when I listened to, to them. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, EastEnders. <laughs> yeah, thanks for that. I mean, it was horrific and they've done it really well. I yeah. have to say, I have to say, you know me, whilst I like new places and I like new people, and I like new things. A lot of the time I'm a little bit apprehensive when they try to do new things with the sounds and the music yes, and the, yes. you know, all of that. I'm a little you know, bit apprehensive with it. We're both like that. We're a bit yeah. like, mm. I'm a bit like, mm, don't, But don't. as I say, with this one, because he had mentioned like how she was going to be going, she was going to get them, it would have been mm. a bit weird if they didn't do it. Yes, and that's kind of how I feel. I feel like it kind of added to that kind of delirium hallucinationy kind of feel you know like this the music was very haunting and and kind of it made you feel all over the place and out of time a bit because it's obviously it's now you know a bit dated the song in itself so you're kind of not you're not with it as well you're being drawn into Whitney's delirium and she's then telling you you know she's talking to herself of the past she sees herself as a child and is telling her about what's going to happen, how a man is going to come into her life and destroy her world and ruin her for the rest of her life. I mean, it was really hard-hitting stuff. I'm completely behind your standards, by the way, on doing this. I thought that was such a great way of dealing with this topic because they've done it loads. They've done it in a million different ways, um, and it's been done a thousand different ways on other soaps and other TV shows. But I don't know that they've ever done it where you have the abuse victim talking to themselves mm. before the abuse would happen. I mean, that that was harrowing. Powerful. And much needed. Very powerful. Yeah. Some of the most powerful scenes that they've ever done. I think EastEnders should, should give themselves a little pat on the back because that is going to going to spread some awareness like never before 
I think there was some very hard hitting scenes and it was really sad. Oh, it was so sad. I think so, it's because, so sad. especially with Whitney, we've grew up with her and we were there when it was happening yeah. that when she was saying things, we were all like, oh my God. You know, we're roughly around the same age as her. So we get where a lot of her life is coming from, the way she's characterised is coming from. We were all wit to some degree. But wit obviously had that dark element to her character. And it was, it was very hard hitting stuff for us very hard-hitting stuff to see on TV. And again, this just brought you back to that original feeling, didn't it? Brought you back to when Whit first came into it. I also think with it being such a big storyline at the time as well, and like it's something that's never left Whit and it's always going to mm. be with her, I think it's right to explore it again. Yeah, absolutely. So I am glad they're doing that and we are getting to see such a, a good actress as well play out mm-hmm. this role. Like, it's such an important and such a relevant topic and like you say EastEnders has never forgotten it I have to give them credit where it's due they have never forgotten what happened to Whitney it's great like they've they've done it perfect this is one of the greatest storylines and most impactful storylines they've ever done because they have done it so well they've always been good with it like from the beginning like it's always been something that sticks with you and you remember and it was handled mm-hmm. so well. Obviously, victims of abuse, it never ends for them. They are always going to remember it and it's always going to mar their lives, really. And that, in a way, EastEnders has done that to us viewers. We have never been able to forget what happened to Wit because it's always been on our screens. It's always been spoken about. Um, Whitney always references it or a, a storyline comes up that references it. New characters who come in become embroiled in it or you know it's really good the way they've done it they have basically done the emotions and the experience that a person would feel in that situation and just put it on the screen i think they've done amazing and this this was definitely needed and it it was so harrowing to watch and then right at the end she obviously collapses she's not had any water she's not been having any food so the final scenes that we see are whitney going to the floor with the music over the top as well, so it was actually quite dramatic. We are left not knowing what's going to come about after this. Linda's not drinking from the bottle. Well, it's been a long time coming. We've been wanting this for a while. Linda has finally given up. I can't be any prouder. I think she's doing an amazing job. It's obviously a struggle, but she has. She's quit the booze. She's clearing it out, and she's also looking after Caden, which is a great distraction for her. Yeah, it's keeping her busy. Like and that, that That's what she wants, I think, and I yeah. think that's what she needs. And Mick does keep checking just to check she's not hiding anything away because he, he's concerned, he's looking after yes. her, he wants to help her, he doesn't want her to relapse and go back. Of course, and I think it's understandable, and I think Linda does understand, but she does just tell him, she's like, listen... It's kind of not helping me, you doing yeah. this. So if you could just back off a little. You just stop that. <laughs> I've got this. That's kind of what she's a bit like, isn't it? I like that. I like that about Linda. Um, she's kind of like, no, no, I can do this. I've made the decision. I'm, I'm all right. So they go to Walford East. They decide to have a nice little meal out where Rainy and Stuart are also there. But Rainy's had a, a bad day. She saw an old client come to 
Barry's wife. So, like, grim, wasn't it, for her? Like, can you imagine? Also, how of old was he? People... Yeah, no, that was awful. I feel so bad for, for Rainey. I was like, oh, oh. he looks... He looks like someone who would want to dress you up, uh, be dressed up like a baby. Doesn't he? I was thinking that. Or like, he keeps dolls. Like... Oh, doll tap keeper. Yes. <laughs> yes, that's definitely the vibe. The blow up dolls. Well. <laughs> yeah. Like, he would have all those plastic mannequins yeah. and stuff. And the, the, the dolls, the, the man on Channel 4 who had all the doll wives. Yes, that's who I, yeah. that's who I picture. Yeah, that is him. That is definitely him. <laughs> I have to say, it was, again, another great moment. Because the whole topic of that week seemed to have been not being able to escape your past like gray returned to being abusive whitney obviously had a whole conversation with her past jean her cancer was at the forefront and although she's over it it was still you know brought to the front again and then obviously our medication as well and coming off that exactly exactly and then rainy has this whole monologue about how we kid ourselves that we can kind of like rise above our past that we can escape it but it's still who we are we're constantly reminded it was so great i was like go on rainy like live your best life tell your truth i love it naturally though because she's seen a client she feels really rubbish stewart's a bit like don't worry like do you want to just go for a nice meal like should we just kind of like try and put this behind where you tell me who the awful punters are and i'll deal with them you don't ever have to go back to that place let's go for a meal love stewart so Linda and Mick see them and Linda's not too pleased. No. But as Mick says, they did save me life, babe. Yeah. I mean, Should I put on that Mick is... voice? Yeah, go on, Mick voice. They did save my life, babe. I'm not Mick. Can't wait to read the fan fiction again. <laughs> <laughs> naturally Linda's a bit like mm, I still haven't really forgotten what Stuart's done however uh, Rainey and Stuart are really pleased to see them and Mick's like hello they're like I love that. we'll bunch up sit with us Linda's like <laughs> it's, no it's like typical blokes isn't it though like typical <laughs> it bloke is? where they're just like yeah bygones be bygones send us to prison don't care yeah right. what's a few grudges against you know years and years of laughter and friendship and typical women as well I haven't forgotten <laughs> yeah 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 love that that'll be us we'll be like nah yeah nah, nah, nah. we're definitely in that category we're in lindas i haven't forgotten we'll be like nah so rainy's <laughs> rainy's like well if it wasn't for me you'd be dead linda's yeah, like let's call it even for Stuart sending mick to prison <laughs> fair fair love a good reference back to that <laughs> Dark Stuart days. Well, Mick and Stuart are a bit like, I don't really care anymore. Let's just get over. Yeah, it's kind of like, let's not talk about that. <laughs> so, Rainy obviously overhears them talking about the support group because their table's actually not that far away anyway. They might as well have just sat together. Yeah, they should have. And Rainy's like, look, the support groups do help. And Linda's like, I don't need advice from you. I'm not like you. And Rainy's like, you're like me. You're like Stuart. You're like Phil. And I'm only here to support you. Exactly. And I was like, oh, I really want them all to be a group. I think it'll be really so good. I. <laughs> I actually, can we, we just pretend that the Stuart stuff never happened? Yes. Because I absolutely love them as friends. Like, and also, Rainey's monologues were killing it this week. I love Rainey. That line where she just absolutely hammered home to Linda. No, you think you are better than us, but you aren't. 
You are me. And in fact, Linda, you're me years ago. You're not me now, because obviously Rainey's turned a yeah. corner. So, yeah, very good, very good monologues. I but, loved I, it. but I did get the Stuart and Linda scenes that I've been waiting for. I know. Oh, my God. I'm Science. sorry. I was like, Emma will be so happy. Emma so will be happy. absolutely the moon. I've been waiting like, for them. You have. You've said this since day one of the alcohol storyline. You've said it since day one. I mean, he didn't go into the support group. He didn't do that, but that was because he wanted her to feel more comfortable and he was wanting to sit it out. And he just wanted to apologise for Rainey's behaviour. But yeah. also he wanted to remind Linda that she's going to smash the recovery because of her support network. I was just like, oh, please go in and support her in the group. <laughs> I, know, I know. I was like, please just be friends. Please. Just be friends. I think that is where we're going, though, Emma. Yeah, I, I do, do think, think that is where we're going. I do there, think, like, they're, as I said originally, I wanted, like, them two with their past addictions and getting the support to help Linda mm-hmm. to get through hers yeah. might be heading that way. I think it is. I think it is. <laughs> you were onto something there. See? See? So obviously, Linda does, does go to the support group. Stuart is very supportive and is there for her. And then in his own life, he wants to try and be there for Rainy a bit better. He wants to show how much he does love her. And he decides he's going to get her a bear. Did you see how much that cost, you know? Oh, my God. It said £95.50. How big is the bear? Is it like half the size of a house? Like, I don't know how they're going to fit that in the house. What's if it's... it made out of? Cashmere? Like... I'm so confused by it. Is it a real bear? <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, oh, my God. Well, he goes and sees Linda again. But that's, yes. that was her coming out of the shop and she's not able to carry all of the stuff because she's on her crutches. And she's like, I don't need help. He's went, Linda, it's 10 yards. Doesn't mean we're besties. Just let us carry them. Like, get over I it. But he's saying that he wants to help Rainy and he wants to do something special. Mm-hmm. And Linda reminds him what he said to her the day before about a support network. And that gives them an idea. Obviously, Rainey doesn't have a lot of family around her. I don't know where Cora and Tanya have all vanished to. Or that other sister that they had. She's, you know, a mystery onto, us, onto herself. Does but anyone remember that? Do you yeah, remember that, that was, was so weird? So weird. The random sister that, that never, ever got mentioned. Nah, never <laughs> never gets mentioned now, either. No, no. <laughs> it didn't happen. Everyone, but we remember. Everyone came back for Abby's funeral, not her. No, not even uh, her cousin, Dexter. Eee, Dexter. Remember, uh, remember when Lola went off with Dexter and left Jay heartbroken then? Yeah. Let's just bring that back out if I have to. (laughs) So naturally, Rainy doesn't have a lot of family around her. (laughs) All family who are great support networks. I mean, Dexter's probably still up in Newcastle. Oh, Um, I might see him. (laughs) Oh, true, true. Get him on here. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Stuart's like, well, if she doesn't have a family there for her, I can be that family. So bless his heart. He goes to Jay to ask some advice to know not what to do because <laughs> he says to him, like, I just wanted to kind of analyse the post-mortem of your, your, failed, <laughs> your failed proposal um, just so that I know what not to say. I love that. I that love was that. funny. I um, love Stuart. And uh, to be fair, Stuart's proposal was was quite nice. 
I don't know that doing an upper place helps. <laughs> I feel like Rainey's more of a kind of like have a meal, just the two of you sit down together. But he does. He does it. He pulls out all the stops. He's you know dressed up. He's I got think everything. So the bit that really didn't help was when he said we could be like Mick and Linda. Yeah. yeah, and then definitely when she heard it cost two hundred pounds, she was not pleased. Yeah, yeah. Mm. another yeah. failed proposal this week. Another one, another line, long line of failed proposals. But good for Max because remember when Max proposed to Ruby in Walford East? That'll be oh, forgotten true. now. Stuart and Rainey's big debacle will be the thing Ex- they'll remember now. Yeah, exactly. I love when she threw it. She just like knocked it out of his hand, and he's like, "Well, can you help us look for it?" <laughs> cost 200 quid <laughs> I loved it when we crawled around yeah. what a wedding proposal crawling around on the floor it's everything you would want from Rainey and Stuart I just I just hope they can get married soon I love them too me too now it's time for this week's which is technically last week's <laughs> Slapping Dan and it goes to Grey no surprise. No. I mean, that man. If evil could be characterised and personified, it would be Grey. Him or Suki. I mean, both of them are scum, but him specifically. <laughs> like, he, he is pure villainy because he does it so well, doesn't he? Does it so well, makes you love him, but you hate him because of all the things he does. And he was horrible Chantel this week, so he deserves a good slapping down. Get that wrench. Call for Ben Mitchell. We need a wrench. Now it's time for this week's. Oh, technically last week's. Hero of the week. And it goes to. Stuart. Stuart! It has to be Stuart. He brought some lovely light relief to a, a hard week. It was. Hard it was hitting. a very. Like I said, all the stuff they did, very good, very needed, very topical. Very important. But as us as EastEnders viewers know, it can get quite hard when you're watching just harrowing stuff. So we do need little bits of like funny or lightheartedness sprinkled in and out. And that's what Stuart brought to her. That's what Stuart brought this week. EastEnders knows exactly what they're doing with him. He brought with that hilarious proposal and he brought some great scenes with Linda. And he does actually care. He's trying to help Linda and Rainey. He's trying to help everyone else around him. He's a very supportive human being, actually. So that's why he's this week's Hero of the Week. Now it's time for this week's ratings. And as Stuart was our Hero of the Week, we will be rating out of Stuart's. And we're going to give it... 3.5 Stuart's. It we were trying to do it together on like a slight delay. We're like, 3.5. Five, Stuart. <laughs> I know, sorry. It's because we're on Skype. And so it's it, it's unfortunate, but it does sometimes have a little bit of a delay between me and Emma. And we're just trying to catch it up. <laughs> but we want to do everything at the same time. <laughs> I think we've done quite well, to be fair. <laughs> we have. <laughs> and that's the same with these standards. I think they did quite well. This week had some good stuff. It had some, you know, very important stuff, some very important scenes. But there was just, there was just something missing. Yes. And I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. I can't work it out because there was things mm. I absolutely loved. But 
It just felt yeah. like there was something not there. I, I can't. See, I can't even think why. Yeah, it is hard. I mean, don't get me wrong. I didn't like the Lola stuff. I thought having a drink was pregnant, regardless of whether she's having an abortion, is probably the wrong message to be sending yes. out. So I yeah. didn't quite like that. I feel like the Peter stuff. It's like. Peter's a different human being now. Almost a completely different character. Yeah. I don't know. There was just something that just didn't make it a four or a five for me. As great as the Whitney scenes were, I just, I was missing something from it. We've created a little song for you to wash your hands to. Enjoy. Whilst we're locked up, don't be like Whit. Remember the positives. You are not a total slag. Cheating on your man or stealing from your grand. Welcome to Question Time, EastEnders in Isolation Edition. This is where we pretend we're on Albert Square and if we were there, what we would do in certain situations in the current climate. So we kick off with, which character are you happy to be keeping your distance from? Oh, it's a tough one, but I'm going to say Dark Martin. (laughs) Because I hate that leather coat and I hate what he did to Stacey. I'll never forgive what he did to our Stace. I'll never forgive. No. See, I'm going to say Ian. I imagine at this time... Ian would be very annoying. I feel like he would be just constantly talking about it. And I'll be like, shush. If you could only watch episodes with one character in, in your time in self-isolation, who would it be and why? I would go for Janine. Because, I mean, come on. She was the queen of mean, pure evil. All of her scenes were hilarious, like when she seduced Terry. Or when she was calling Pat, Fat Pat. Like, every single one of them was just pure gold. So I would love to just rewatch all of those episodes. I'm going to say Stacey. Some episodes will really make you laugh. Especially when she's younger and she's just getting annoyed with literally everyone and annoying them all the time. To now, <laughs> and when she's got all of her serious storylines. I mean, she's in quite a lot, so I would have a lot to keep me going. That's true. Over the time. That's true. And she's my fave. So in times of crisis, mm-hmm. toilet rolls are hard to get. They're yes. a bit like those shiny Pokemon cards. So, if you had to give your last toilet roll away, a bit like your last Rolo, and you were going to brave the shops, this person needed it more, they couldn't do that. Who yes. would you give it to? Well, I think the only answer that I could ever give would be G, Because... I would give it to him so that he would be indebted to me and that that way he would have to return the favour one day. <laughs> and hopefully that would mean that he would propose to me on the square. <laughs> all over. And Lola. All over toilet roll. <laughs> yeah, see, because that would show how much I love him. It would. And I'm willing to brave the coronavirus-infected shops just so that he can use some toilet roll. I think, I think that would be good of me. I've got two people. I'm going to cheat slightly. I was oh. going to say Dot or Paddy. I just oh. don't think they would be able to get at the shops. No. And we've got to look after the elderly. We've we got do. to look after we're legendary characters. I would obviously have to leave it on the step or at the gate. 
Yeah, because you don't want to infect them or get infected. But yeah, I think Dot or Patty. As long as Dot wasn't in Ireland, because then, you know, I'd have to send that in the post. <laughs> That'd be a bit much. <laughs> Father Dominic can do it for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's Father Dominic's church uh, address? <laughs> and or Dermot. <laughs> if you had to send one character out to the shops to brave the hysteria, who would it be and why? I think I would go for someone hard, someone who wouldn't be afraid to push people out the way and trample all the innocent people to get what they want. That's exactly what I've gone for. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to say Suki Panazar, because I mean, who other than someone who would be willing to lie about having a terminal illness would you trust to do anything? To do anything to get what she wants. That's a good one. Who would you? I've picked Stuart or Phil. So I feel like they would just trample over people and just get what I wanted and not even care. Oh yeah, Phil would torture and shoot people down if you had to. They would get me toilet rolls, whatever. (laughs) Which character would you have to remind to wash their hands? Billy. (laughs) I feel like Billy is a no-hand washer. I think it's Billy who is the... The dirty-handed one. I also think Billy. <laughs> Maybe Jags. Oh, yeah, Jags. Definitely Phil. I think Phil. Because yeah. I feel like he's one of those people who go, the coronavirus wouldn't get me. Yeah. <laughs> Be like, this isn't real. <laughs> then just gets it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that is exactly, that is who Phil is. And lastly, which character would you start a podcast with? So you're isolated with this person. Yeah. So in your spare time, who would you start a podcast with? What would it be about? Well, I think we would. I would have to pick only one person, the funniest person on the square at the moment for me, and that person's Karen. Oh, she'd be I, good. I would love to have a podcast called Game of Crones, <laughs> and we would just basically play games about weird documentaries, watch weird documentaries and review them and just, you know, laugh, joke and just pass the time in isolation looking at all the other weird stuff going on in the world. Could I come in via Skype? (laughs) Of course you can, of course you can. (laughs) I've picked Denise, mainly because I feel like she gets all the gossip. We could have a good gossip. She could maybe be like an agony aunt and like solve people's (gasps) problems during the time. But also she can be a detective as well so we could solve murder mysteries so we could look back at big mysteries and try and solve them with Denise oh I could call in and be like detective Denise I have I have this like you know I have this problem and I just need some answers basically my co-host doesn't wash her hands so I thought what would be your the best way of telling her without hurting her feelings (laughs) yeah my podcast with Denise and your podcast with Karen like go over Skype and we end up actually collaborating. (laughs) That'll be everything. So what we're going to do is we're going to put these out on Twitter and Instagram and you can share your thoughts and we'll read them out next week. This week's episode was sponsored by Albert Square's Wedding Industry. If you don't want to get married, or maybe a partner does and you just can't bear to tell them no. Come to Albert Square's wedding industry. Failing business. Please help us. People are turning down proposals everywhere. One pound a month keeps us afloat. Duh. Duh.
Hope you enjoyed the fireworks. Good night.